Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we usually go back and check out a Netflix original film in the order of release. Today I've got a very special bonus episode where I'm going to chat about Netflix 2022 Mexican epic black comedy drama film Bardo, the false chronicle of a handful of truths, or in Spanish, Bardo, a falsa crónica de unas cunatas verdades. Apologies for my Spanish. This is directed by Alejandro Gianoratu, and it stars Daniel Jimenez Cacho and Griselda Cicciolani. I am Jesse. I am here writing solo today. Again, sorry for my pronunciations, but I'm excited to talk about this film, this uh, big, big epic film from one of the Academy's favorite directors, Alejandro Inaratu. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to discuss this one. So I'm going to spoil this film. So if you wanted to watch this film or don't want to hear anything about it, give us a pause, come back a bit later on. This is a uh, an epic film to talk about. So I'm going to start with the fast flicks where we do a quick summary of what the film is all about. This one's super hard. But <laughs> for me, this is, we follow a journalist who's also a documentarian. He's a father and he's grieving the loss of a child. And he goes on a journey through his past and future by contemplating his identity. Pretty out there, pretty um, sort of philosophical. That's what this film is. This film is um, a bit of a, a mind bend about what's actually going on and and um, narrative wise, it's it's a very interesting structure and very interesting take on a film. So I'm very excited to talk about this. But before I give my early thoughts on this, I'm going to give a bit of background to this film and how it ended up on Netflix and um, yeah, what, what, what's, what's the deal with the film. So this was sort of, um, I guess, I probably need to discuss what the word bardo means to start off with because bardo is as a Buddhist term, I guess, and it sort of means this idea of um, a transitional or, or limited state between death and rebirth and life, and and that's what this film's about. Um, our main character and facing these sorts of things. Um, the the tagline for this one it, it's literally ties in with that. It, it's experience a state of mind, and across the world, the translations or the titles mainly just focused on that word bardo. Um, in China, it was actually um, called These Are Partly Pseudo Notes. So an interesting translation, but that, that's where we're at with this film. It was sort of, uh, I think, back in or March, I think March of 2020, that it was reported that this film was going to be written by Alejandro Inarato, directed and produced, and was going to be his first film shot in Mexico um, in a long time. In April of 2022, Netflix announced that in addition to acquiring the distribution rights and being available on their streaming platform, the film would be its first wide theatrical release as opposed to these limited showings that it does. Um, it was also confirmed to be shot on 65mm film, which is a bit of a rarity for streaming services in general as well. This is the official submission for Mexico for the Best International Feature Film at the upcoming 95th Academy Awards, which are um, towards the start of 2023, only a couple of months away. Um, but this did play at the Venice Film Festival and Telluride Film Festivals. Uh, after those, um, you know, after it was screened at these festivals, there was a lot of uh, negativity and criticism about the runtime of this film. So Inaratu removed 22 minutes from this film that we actually see on Netflix, making the actual release version still very long at 159 minutes. So it is a bit of a beast of a film that you need to stick around with and watch because uh, it is quite long. On March of 2021, during filming um, in Mexico City, apparently a passerby um, while they were filming, was arrested for striking a production um, security member on the production of this film, which was interesting. And also there was another allegation, I guess, in um, September of 2021, while this was filming, that 
um, you know, apparently there were allegations on social media by several figures in the Mexican film industry that Alejandro Inaratu constantly breached the COVID safety protocols while making this film, um, resulting in hazardous working conditions and even the deaths of a number of crew members with talk of class action suit going against him to come. Um, as of the moment, there's no announcement of any of this or any follow-up, but that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on um, as we move forward. Alejandro Inaratu, he made a statement at the debut at the Venice Film Festival where he said, a few years ago, I suddenly realized the road ahead of me was much shorter than the one I had left behind. Inevitably, I started to explore it backwards and inwards, which makes a bit of sense with this film. He continues, both paths are elusive and labyrinth. Time and space mesh. The narrative that makes up our life is no more than a false mirage constructed of events experienced subjectively by our limited nervous system. Memory lacks truth. It only possesses emotional conviction. It is the truth in that emotion that I set out to search for in the enormous drawers of chimeras I've been carrying. I must warn you beforehand, I've found no absolute truths, only a journey between reality and imagination, a dream. Dreams, as cinema, are real, but not truthful. In both, time is liquid. Bardo is the chronicle of that journey between those two illusions, whose, bro- whose borders are indecipherable. Pretty pretty deep, pretty big uh, comment from him there, but it obviously talks a lot about the themes of these ideas and time and truth and emotion and, and what's going on. Um, and you can probably guess that this film is very close to home to him. This is, this is a lot of his story where we're guessing and moments, not necessarily all truths, but um, definitely influenced by his um, work as being a Mexican director and having to sort of cross that boundary into Hollywood and the outside world. Um, as I mentioned before, this was his first... Uh, film that he shot and produced entirely in Mexico since 2000, so 22, uh, sorry, over 20 years ago, 23 years, if we're talking about 2023. This, um, as I've sort of touched on a little bit, sort of had a big um, big um, production time, went from March of 2021 right through to the end of September. So far, awards time, it's not getting a lot of love, but it has been nominated for 24 um, categories so far, with four wins from that, nothing too big, and I doubt maybe it might get in for that uh, Best International Feature at the Academy Awards, but um, I don't think he's going to see back-to-back Oscars uh, for directing as we have seen in the past. This this debuted on the 1st of September, 2022 at the Venice uh, Film Festival. Next day in Telluride, variety of festivals that release across the world, and it hit Netflix on the 16th of December, 2022. What are critics and audiences saying on this film? As I've sort of touched on, a little bit negative on Rotten Tomatoes. It sits on 59%, which is rotten on 150 reviews. The audience has a little bit higher at 71% on more than 250 reviews. On IMDb, it sits at a 6.9 out of 10, which isn't too bad, on nearly 8,000 ratings. And on Letterboxd, again, fairly good on a 3.6 out of 5 on nearly 32,000 ratings, which is going to lead me into my early thoughts. I know you're all excited to hear what I've got to say. Uh, I think like this film is like no other. I, I planned on watching this the day it came out and I started it and I was like, I'm going to do a podcast straight away. But it probably took me about five attempts to actually get it done. It's not because it's a bad film. It, it's got amazing visuals, great set pieces. The camera work throughout is incredible. It's just very self-indulging and obviously a very personal film, meaning it's not going to be for everyone and it's a bit of a hard sell. But I'm positive on it. I know that there's a lot of people that aren't and I think that's 100% okay too. Let's talk about some characters. We start with um, Silverio, who is who we guess is is 
um, Alejandro Hinaratu. This is that character. The main character is a celebrated Mexican journalist and documentarian. And the, the film is about him being ready to receive this huge award in LA, but he's struggling with his life. He's, he's struggling with his identity. He's got such a love for his Mexican groundings, but the offerings of America are something that he sort of enjoys as well. He, he sees himself as this righteous guy um, and, and highlights the stories of, of struggling Mexicans, but at the same time, he doesn't stand up for his own mate at times and he ignores those close to him when things aren't going the way he wants them to go. And his ability to be a family man, a, a question throughout with his kids, but I think the, the idea, his love for his wife is evident and strong throughout. And his wife, um, Lucia, um, she's, she sort of idolizes him and does everything for him and supports him and gives him good advice. Not really a character with, with a lot of depth, just sort of a side character, um, unfortunately. Probably would have been nice to see a little bit more of her. And then he's got these two kids that are probably side characters too, but they do have important moments throughout this film. Uh, Camilla is his daughter, and she's sort of been fortunate to, to study and get a degree in Boston and, and um, benefit from the American system, but at the same time wants to return to Mexico, wants to return to her roots of where she was born. And the same with um, Lorenzo, uh, Silvio's son. He's probably the one family member that we get a bit more of a glimpse into. He's the kid that he used to tuck in at night and he sort of struggled with this move to America and having an absent father who, who knows very little about him. And we do see some good moments throughout the film between those two. The only, the only other character that I'll probably talk about would be Lewis, um, who's an old friend uh, from Mexico and he's a TV host. And he sort of highlights this idea of, of the media and the, the idea of um, or the, the complete opposite of what Silverio is um, because he's this TV host who, by the sounds of it, had a chance to leave Mexico as well, but he sort of stayed and he still held on to this TV show and he's sort of disgusted in the path that Silverio has followed um, and he makes that quite clear to him throughout this film as well. Um, the director, Alejandro Naratu, I don't really need to say much about him. You'd know his films, 21 Grams and Babel, and obviously best known for those back-to-back -back best directors at the Academy Awards for, for Birdman and uh, The Revenant with Leonardo DiCaprio. So both great films. If you haven't seen those two, um, the, other, the others as well are excellent too. I think uh, I'm going to talk about some scenes now. What are some scenes that stood out and, and I enjoyed in this. And a lot of the things that I did like in this film are about the creative side of things, the, the things that are done with the camera or the, the set pieces that are created. And I've got to talk about that opening scene in the hospital um, where we've, we can see Lucia on the hospital bed, um, ready for the birth of their son, Mateo. And the doctor sort of is like, no, nope, he wants to stay inside. We're going to put him back in. The world's too screwed up. And the nurse puts the baby back in. It sort of shocked me and gave me this idea of what this film was going to be about. The next thing that I liked, I think, was Silverio goes to goes to be a guest on Lewis's TV show, and just the walking onto the set and walking through the multiple rooms and all that sort of just spectacular camera work, um, such such engaging. Just trying to watch and look at everything that's going across the screen as you're going. That was cool. I uh, enjoyed the discussion between Silverio and Lorenzo, his son, at the breakfast table. It just gave such great insight into how these different generations feel in relation to migration and, and Mexico and, and that move to America. Um, some more camera work examples, like there's this um, celebration for Silverio's work and they have this sort of dance and the, just the camera work was amazing and uh, this David um, Bowie song plays and just sort of, it, it was the isolation on Silverio, it was just excellent, really liked that too. The same with walking 
through the streets of Mexico City. Um, Silvero is seeing all these bodies dropping from the sky and all on the floor, and then he sort of finds his way to this this big pile of bodies where he has a, a chat at the top with this uh, past historical figure of sort of the um, Mexican-American war, and they um, sort of finish this discussion off on this big cut and all the bodies start coming alive and it's a movie set and it adds into that idea of reality and and what's truth and what's fiction um so that was really cool there's a discussion again later towards the the end of the film where silverio has this chat with his daughter in the pool and she's sort of talking about boston and her partner and and she sort of mentions that you know she wants to come back to mexico and sometimes what's best for him for a dad isn't the best for them as a family and i really thought that was a a really important important piece of dialogue between the two sort of gave him this moment to reflect and be like cool what am i going to do and that sort of follows up with a discussion with his son on the plane lorenzo as well talking about their move to america with his um axolotls or his fish and and leads further to i'm trying not to give too much away but leads further to another moment towards the end of the film i think uh you know it was fairly sweet this moment of letting go of Mateo into the ocean as a family. There's some weird parts to it, um, but I think it was really, really sweet. And then when they arrive back in America on the plane, this scene in the customs room, uh, the choreography and the attitude from the customs officer, just, it was such a good highlight of the conflict that Silverio felt about his identity as a Mexican or an American. I thought that was really cool too. Uh, It's hard to talk about things that, weren't really good because you could pretty much say the whole film if you wanted to but i think i think the there's a reenactment scene of this is at the start of the film of the 175th anniversary of the american mexican war invasion and it was visually spectacular it just went on too long and that's i think a common thing there's a lot of these scenes that go on too too long uh the same with this scene where silverio is chasing lucia through the house it just went on too long and then it sort of follows into this um act of of oral sex where we see mateo again and it just sort of was a bit confronting and off-putting and the last thing i'll sort of say there's this scene in a bathroom with silverio and his dad Um, obviously his dad's passed away and we get the idea of the stressor of never impressing his father and he wanted that recognition and that admiration from his father but the idea of digitally altering silverio so he's like a little like really small compared to his dad it just felt really weird and looked really weird too so was not a fan of that at all some themes and some ideas in this i think like there's there's heaps that's touched on in this and for me like the opening scene sort of goes with this idea of grief and trauma the idea of losing a child and how to deal with it and how to let go and that's something that does run throughout this film as well the the title leads this too but fiction versus truth like what moments in this film are actually real how do you keep a hold of reality especially through this this immigrant story where we've, we've got these ideas of keeping your roots of your homeland like if you show any acknowledgement or any gratitude towards the other side are you a traitor like if you accept awards from an enemy and is Silvera abandoning his country by by doing what he is doing um or is he just trying to better his life and his family's life and this, this leads to that idea too of, of perception like constantly seeking approval from those that don't necessarily like you they, they despise you um and sometimes as humans, approval is what we want or what we need and chasing that recognition. And, and what do we actually feel when we get that recognition? Is it worth the the hard work and the effort that we put in to get this recognition that doesn't actually do anything for us, doesn't motivate us to, to keep going? I'm not 100% sure on that. That there's lots about these foreign relations, like the struggles of Mexico, like colonialism, um, poverty, even how Silvero is found on the train at the end when he has his stroke. 
is treated like any other Mexican. People just walk past him. And, and that's a sad, sad moment to think about too. And that, that leads as well into the ideas and values that we have this people come and go, people pass away, people move on, but ideas, are, they're always gonna remain. And we gotta focus on stories, um, not necessarily beliefs. Um, we gotta keep our feet on the ground and, and deal with the now and what's going on. So it does say a lot, not necessarily in a really good way, but I, I'd still appreciated everything that this movie did sort of talk about. And I guess that talk that lets me talk about what I took away from this film. And I think <laughs> there's just one this one scene uh, in the documentary that Silverio's made, uh, where we hear from migrants and they're talking about crossing the border in Nogales uh, from Mexico into America into Arizona. And I've done that border cross. I, I'm, I live in Australia. I'm in Australia, but I've done. I've walked across that border um, from America into Mexico, and then from Mexico back into America. And I just can't see how that would happen. I mean, getting from America into Mexico that was easy. Like you literally walk through, and the the customs guard was sitting there with his feet up watching TV. But coming back into America, even with an Australian passport, it was not necessarily an easy thing. And the gates and the the border there is so heavily controlled that I, I, you know the, the idea that these immigrants think this is the easiest way to do it makes me really concerned and really worried, which is a, a sad thing, I guess. Um, some questions or thoughts or some ponderings or some ideas. I think if we talk about the title, um, you know, can it be said that a handful of truths are true? Like what are a handful of truths? Shouldn't we always be talking about truth being the whole time, like the whole truth. We always speak the truth. We want the truth. We don't sort of, um, you know, censor ourselves and only give parts of the truth because that's sad if that's what we are doing as a society. And uh, interesting concept, like <laughs> bigger, bigger than, but bigger than what I can say. And uh, the last thing I want to talk about is, is the end. I guess um, we we see obviously the opening scene is of Silverio jumping through the desert, um, leaving the ground, and we see this again at the end. And he sort of tells his family. You know, I'll see you when I come back. So this is his Bardo moment, I guess, and is the idea that he's having a rebirth and he's coming out of that coma to be back with his family, to change, to spend more time with them, to not focus on the materialistic things and devote himself to his Mexican culture and his Mexican history. Or is this is this him dying? Is this the end of his his road and his story? And that's the sadness of where we're at. I, I don't have an answer, but I think it's a great thing to contemplate at the end of a film. Okay, I think I'm ready to wrap this up. <laughs> I've tried my best. I think it's a very hard film to talk about, but I've given it a shot. I think, like, you know, this isn't an easy watch. And looking back on all these moments from the film, like, I, I write really detailed notes. I think I wrote about five pages of notes as I was watching this film about dialogue and conversations and situations. And looking back on those notes, it's really given me a greater appreciation for what it is and what it's trying to say. I mean, it is a hard watch. And watching the film or watching any film is meant to be an enjoyable experience. And at times this was, but it was it was also tough. So I can't really recommend it to anyone, but I still enjoyed it and I still took a lot out of it. So I'm giving it a four out of five. Decent score. Um, some people will love it. Some people will hate it. I'm guessing more than those that are, there'll be more people that don't like it than like it, but I, I liked it. Not saying everyone should give it a shot, but yeah, that's where I sit for this one. Um, we've got socials, we've got Twitter and we've got... Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I think I've got them all. Going to put a question out there with our post for this episode. And I just want to know, like, who do you think the next director that's going to give us their autobiographical film? I mean, we've had Kenneth Branagh uh, last year. We've had Spielberg as well. We had Alphonse Cuaron with Roma. Um, and obviously, in Aratu now, who's going to be the next director to give us their their childhood story of, of how they were brought up? I don't have any suggestions. Don't have any ideas. Um, a Scorsese one would be nice, but I, I don't know. I've... <laughs> Give us some give us some suggestions of what you'd like to see on the screen as uh, someone's childhood. But 
thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. If you've stuck around and listened, means you've actually watched the film. So um, you're one of not many people. So hopefully you enjoyed the film. Hopefully you enjoyed the discussion. We have our regular episodes on a Wednesday. We've got 220 odd Netflix original films in order, as well as about 30 bonus episodes. So if you've seen a Netflix film, we've probably done an episode on it. Give us a search and have a listen as well. As always, thank you and we'll speak soon.